All right, so yesterday, what did we talk about? Yesterday, we talked about... So <laughs> I started the sentence... <laughs> it's what expected. you do when you don't feel it. it. Yeah, that's Just what it was. It. Yeah. When you're not feeling it. Yeah. So what was... What was... What did y'all get out of it? Um... What was it in there that stuck out to you is what I was trying to say. It really stuck out to me how, like, sometimes when I felt dull and stuff, <coughs> I've just kind of let it sit and, like, well, it's just one of those days. It's just a gray day. It'll pass, and then tomorrow will be better. And I've just kind of let it and just kind of pass through it like a phase, which, um, you know, I thought was better than just, like, sitting in it and meditating on it and, like, letting it last yeah. super long, which may or may not be the case, but you were talking about how that is the first step into the devil trying to steal everything. Yep. And I haven't looked at it as that serious. I was like, I, I don't like that I feel this way, but I'm just going to kind of wait a, through the day. Not a big thing. Yeah, it's not It's, it's not, not even a big something deal. we think about, you know, yeah. really. yeah. And, and that's the deception of it. That was that mm -hmm. was Hannah said. She said yesterday was extremely eye opening. Yeah. And you, when you see the word, you know, it's not good for for novices to speak in absolute. But God is not a novice. Oh no. And when He speaks in absolutes, it shall be done. You know, yeah. it is the truth. And so here He speaks in, and He says, "My yoke is easy, my burden's light." Yeah. And it's like okay then that means if, if I'm not walking in easy and light, something's not right because that's yeah. an absolute God spoke. Yeah. That's not just an idea or a place we can maybe one day get to in the sweet by and by. That's yeah. for right now, yeah. and we should be walking in it. So why aren't we walking in it? Why aren't we trying to unearth that treasure, right? And um, But then the devil comes and he puts pressure on us, mm -hmm. and we're like, Oh man, I feel that, and but it's just normal. No, it's not normal. It's yeah. abnormal. It's yeah. it's a part of the curse. Yeah. It's something that I could shift over to the Lord, cast my care on Him, and um, you know, it's it's very interesting because I was I was talking last night, and I don't like I'll do this. Let's say that this phone is the weight, and here I am. If I yoke myself with Jesus, when it says cast the care, it literally means to roll the care over on to Jesus. It means to roll the care yeah. over. So now I'm not carrying the weight, but I'm still yoked to him and still get to go to that place. And so in the spirit, they can't tell that there's two separate entities. It just looks yeah. like us handling it, but that's not actually what's happening. Yeah. I'm, I'm yielding that weight over to him. And so if I'm feeling that weight, I'm operating outside of his ways and in the curse. But for me to say, well, I've got to take it. I've got to handle this. Well, now we, we take that back. And yeah. Jesus is like, you're not anointed to do that. Then it wears us down. We wear out. Right. And we make bad decisions because we're supposed to cast that care. And so it looks like we're actually carrying the weight ourselves, but we're not. Yeah. The anointing is carrying that weight. He's anointed. He is anointed to carry that. Right. We're just yoking ourselves to him and going where he goes but we can do it weightless while his anointing handles that for us. And if we'll learn how to do that, uh, man, life gets easier. Yeah. And, and we don't walk in a part of the curse or the beginning stages of a downward momentum. We actually mm -hmm. pull up out of that quicker and sooner yeah. and don't even deal with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah no, what, what stuck out to me yesterday especially was the fact that it's a, it's a slippery slope, you know, a lot of times, yes. like we think, oh, you know, it's just like you said, it's normal. But, um, but if we just allow that to prolong, it's like it's like a waterfall, you know. It's just like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, you know, it's yeah, it, you're just kind of coasting. But then all of a sudden, woo! Yeah, like that's right. Now, now I'm down in a pit that yeah. I wasn't expecting to be to be in. Yes, and, and, yeah. and it feels like I'm stuck. But like, yeah. if we can deal with it early and get off that that track, yeah, it avoids. You know, it helps us to avoid that big that big drop. Well, basically, the, the aspect of you kind of like walks through the like a little bit of a cycle that it slowly will turn into self pity, which is demonic. Yeah. And if you yield to that self pity and you yield to that that demonic spirit, yeah, it that that'll take you places you never expected to go. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, and I would say you know demonic would 
describe anything devilish, which would basically describe anything not godly. And so it's not just demonic when we get to self-pity, although that definitely is demonic. It's demonic when we carry the weight. Yeah. Well, you know, so it's like, it's not like it suddenly turns demonic, you know, when the pity comes. No, it was demonic as soon as we felt the weight and didn't yield it and cast it on Jesus. That actually was a demonic doctrine because we've accepted as normal what God considers a curse. And so one of the things, yeah, that's why I'm, so it's one of those things where if you're not feeling it, you know, the, the question was what to do when you're just not feeling it. And the, and the answer is when you're just not feeling it, the first thing you do is recognize it that that's the beginning of a demonic attack. That's the beginning of an attack designed to kill you. And what we really, I love the revelation that we looked at with Job yesterday, how the devil was not just after destroying Job's stuff. He wanted to destroy Job. And you can see that in the coordination of the reports. How did he try to destroy Job when the devil couldn't touch Job? how How did he try to destroy Job? He tried to get Job to turn on himself, right? To turn inward on his own negative thoughts. And he did that by trying to plant all of these negative thoughts and pile on at one time and kind of give Job a death blow in his mind so that Job would completely unravel at the seams, right? Now, praise God, Job did what he needed to there, at least for a little bit at his core, he sat, he hit his knees and worshiped God, even though to him, he may have thought, yeah. it looks like it, based off what he said, he may have thought that God did all of that when the devil did it. It's very clear the devil did all that stuff to Job, mm-hmm. but uh, it may, he might have thought at that time, not knowing everything that we know today, he might have thought that God did it. And even thinking that God might have done it, he hit his knees and worshiped God. He yeah. trusted the Lord, even though he had the wrong thinking towards the Lord. And uh, man, what a what a act of humility to humble himself to the Lord, you know, in that yeah. moment. And so we need to do the same. The first thing is when you're not feeling it is recognize that it's an attack. The second thing is you you encourage yourself in the Lord. You know, you don't sit there. You resist the devil. Second thing, resist that. Third thing, you resist it by encouraging yourself in the Lord. And so yeah. what we're talking about today is how to, t- how to encourage yourself in the Lord. And um, we'll start at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30. So you, you can turn there, 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 1. But um, one of the things that we want to see is this encouragement is so strong. I've had, in watching now in ministry for over 20 years, uh, as an adult in ministry, one of the things that I've watched is, and I've had these moments where I want to be, I want to be a successful minister. I watch young ministers that want to be a successful minister, and but our ideas, and I recognize, I recognize the truth of this even before I've had full revelation of it. Yeah. I could see it, but I didn't have full resolve on it. Was most of the time when people look at ministry, all they look at in terms of like church is the Sunday morning service. They see one yeah. person with everybody fixing their attention on that one person, and that to them is ministry. Yeah. Um, what they don't see is the attacks, the late nights, the the working on yourself. You know, when you don't have it together and you don't know what the answer is, And uh, I was thinking a few weeks ago, I was like, everybody wants to be in ministry until it's time to encourage yourself in the Lord. Everybody wants to be in ministry until it's time to encourage yourself in the Lord. And I'm putting together some teaching and some training directly to ministers right now that I can share. And one of the major aspects where I've watched ministers lose their ministry is they don't know, one is they don't know how to take their thoughts captive. Two, they don't recognize, they don't recognize what we're talking about here that something small can completely ruin the vine. Yeah. Um, but the major, one of the major things is they don't know how to encourage themselves in the Lord. 
And I want, I want to show you a place where David encouraged himself in the Lord. Had he not done it, all would have been lost. And so yeah. let's look at that in uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30 and verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 1. So David was going about and he was winning some battles and while he was gone, uh, verse 1, then it happened. And why don't you go ahead and read that? Okay. Then it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negev and on Ziklag and had overthrown Ziklag and burned it with fire. And they took captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great, without killing anyone, and carried them off and went their way. Okay. So first thing is, let, let's just pause here for a second. For all intents and purposes, for all intents and purposes... David is about the Lord's business. Yeah. Lord, I'm, I'm here. I'm serving you. I'm doing what you've called me to do. I'm about your business. And all of a sudden, he comes home from a ministry trip, and his home's destroyed, and his family's gone. And not just his, everybody that was with him. Their wives are gone. Their kids are gone. Their homes are destroyed. So what's the first thing that you, know, you want to do? In the flesh, the cry. very, the very, huh? Cry, cry, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first thing logically that you're going to get to in a fleshly mindset is, you're you're going to say, Lord, I, I was serving you. Why did this happen? Why didn't you protect my home? Right. I'm serving you. Right. First thing we want to do in the flesh now is attribute blame to God. Yeah. In that way. Now, God didn't do this. God didn't do this. And there was a solution in God. But actually, if you follow that path of blaming God, you're for sure going to lose. Oh, yeah. You're for sure going to lose. Yeah. And so that's your first temptation right there is, Lord, I've been serving you. And I watched this over my life. I have watched where people, things come up. The devil gets in there somehow. And the first thing that happens is people that know God, know his goodness, they point the blame at God. Yeah. And it's like sure destruction right there because right. it's not God who was holding back that good thing. You know, yeah. It's not God who was holding it back and his heart was there holding, holding back his protection. Hold, protection is a good thing. It's not him holding that back. It's not him who had plans for calamity, right? It, it, we got to take responsibility for that. Okay, somehow, some way, evil has come in. But it's not God, and I'm not going to help myself by going after God in that moment and being tempted to blame him. But I'm telling you, that temptation is real to our flesh, and we have to be mindful of that know that that temptation is going to come up. And so you can see that clearly. Okay, go ahead. Uh, When David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. But now just think about that. You're coming over the hill. You know, think about going away out of town and you come back. Because it's not just one house. Yeah. You come back over and you're coming down like, you know, you're for us it'd be like coming down fifty two or coming down twenty four, twenty seven. And all of a sudden in the distance there's smoke in the air. And it's not a little fire. Like the whole city, the whole town, the whole village is on fire and burning. And you're like, that's in the direction of our home. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that? What's going on? Imagine, uh, Imagine the fear, first of all, that's coming on them and the temptation to get into fear before they even get there. Yeah. And then they walk in, and the thing that they have feared, they look at it, and it, you know, they don't know if they're going to find bodies everywhere. They don't know what they're going to find. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, they walk in, and, you know, all right, there's no bodies everywhere, but everything's destroyed, and our yeah. families are gone. Imagine that. Just put yourself in that position because, see, we can read this story, and we, we, the issue is we don't really put ourselves in that position. We're not, it's, yeah. it's kind of like with Job. Like, 
Nobody I know has experienced what Job has had. Nobody. Nobody. Not, nobody I know has even come close to what Job experienced. But we, won't, we almost pridefully take it on like, like we're, you know, we're like Job. No, we're not like Job. Job lost everything. He lost everything. In this in this case, you know, how many people you've come home and your house has been destroyed in this day and age in in America, you know, now around the world that has happened. That has happened. But most of the people in America, we have no idea of this level yeah. of fear and this level of temptation to get out of faith. Yeah. We don't know about it. We, we like to take what we've gone through and like put it up on that same level. It's not the same level. Yeah. And for us to try and do that, that's, that's pride. Yeah. It's pride. Yeah. But, but here's the great promise, and it is, if in the midst of that they could find faith, then how much more could we find faith at the level that we're facing things? Yeah. How much more can we find faith? Faith, how, you know, what to do uh, how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. The first thing is recognize that no matter what I face, I can find faith in God. He is worthy to put my faith in, no matter what I see, no matter what I see. But just for a moment, put yourself in their position. They see fire on the horizon. They see smoke on the horizon. They get in, They and that fear is theirs. This is their home, and their, and their family's gone. And of course, you see it in that verse that we read there, right in that moment, right in that moment, you know, they weep until they did not have strength to weep anymore. Yeah. And you, what would it take for you to cry so much, I can't cry anymore because my muscles are locking up from crying? Yeah. Right? What would it take? What level of weeping would that take in that way? Yeah. And And you can kind of say, all right, so now... We've painted a picture of where they are, and it's rough. Yeah. You know, it's rough. They don't know what's happened to their loved ones. They know what's yeah. happened to their town, but they don't know what's happened to their loved ones. Yeah. And now what happens? Here's the temptation, and watch this. Here's the temptation, and it's like turning to David. Oh, you took us away. Mm-hmm. You led us into battle and this is what happened because of, like David yeah. planned it, you know, yeah. the temptation to turn yeah. to the leader yeah. and the temptation uh, to, and watch this, to kill the one that's carrying the anointing. Yeah. That's what the devil's after. Because mm-hmm. he knows if he can take out the anointed one in that crowd, yeah. if he can take out the anointed one, he can take out, yeah. he can take out the whole crowd. All right, so let's keep reading. Now David's two wives had been taken captive, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him, for all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons. And daughters. And his daughters. All right, so now look at this. So now you're the leader. You're mm-hmm. sitting there. It's your city and village that was ransacked too. Yeah. It's your wives and your kids that were also ransacked. It's your it's your sons and daughters that are also missing. Yeah. And then the very people that you're leading, trying to lead with love, turn towards you and start point, put, pointing the finger. Out of their bitterness, they point and they mm-hmm. start blaming you. And they're like, we're going to kill you. Talk about a time. Everybody wants to be a leader until this moment. Everybody wants to be a leader until this moment. And this is when you find out what you're made of and who you are, right? And that's why people, that's why the Bible says, don't just desire those positions. Don't desire those positions. Don't 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 just go after it like it's a fleshly thing to accomplish, you know, yeah. like it's something to achieve. Don't just do that. And then right here in this moment, everybody wants to be a leader until 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. Everybody wants to be that. You don't just do that. That's why you need to have a word from the Lord. That's why you need to have an anointing from God. Yeah. That's why. That's why. Yeah. 
And Kevin's yeah. right. Every boxer has a strategy to win until they get punched <laughs> in the face. I forget who said that, but that's the truth. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to win this, and you got a strategy until you get hit in the face. And then it's like, oh, I'm in a fight. <laughs> you know, strategy's out the window. <laughs> I'm in a fight. Like, I, how am I supposed to do this? You know, there's yeah. something that happens in that moment where you have, you find out who you are, you know? Yeah. I remember, you know, when when I was speaking of that, I was in, in boot camp, and they we would have one, one, two back, you know? You know, one, one, two back, one, one, two back. And we we they were teaching us how to do this and fight. And that was all great till they put you in that four-by-four four ring and I got punched in the face. And they was like, one, one, what? What, wait, what? What was I supposed to remember get again? Oh, what was I supposed to like? Oh, oh, man, this dude's hitting me, you know? You know, and you forget. You forget what all of that, all of that goes yeah. out the window. And uh, then you find out what you're made of. That's when you find out what you're made of. And... This is where we find out what David's made of, you know. Okay, he's killed Goliath. Great. Right now, his own people are talking about stoning him. Now, let me let me show you this too. David, we know this. David, he might not have known this, but he's getting ready to take the throne very shortly. Mm -hmm. He's getting ready to take the throne. He's about to move into the position as king. He's right on the verge of that. Anytime that you are about to move into a big win, it seems like the devil recognizes he's losing his grip and he tries to throw the death blow. He tries to throw it. He Right here, he's not just trying to throw a death blow at David. He's trying to throw it at the people to turn against David and kill the yeah. very one that was anointed. To kill the very one that was anointed. And this is the <laughs> moment where you have to Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Yeah. And if you're not good at strengthening yourself in the Lord, that's something you want to pay attention to. You want to make sure that you get yeah. good at. Yeah. And see, every person can utilize this all the time. When you're not feeling it, that's when you put it on. It's especially when you're not feeling it. That's when you put it on. That's when yeah. you jump up out of your chair. You start praising God. like, And, and in your head, your logic's going, this is crazy. This doesn't make sense. I know, but I've got to encourage myself in the Lord. Yeah. I have to encourage myself in the Lord. I can't mm -hmm. sit here in this steady decline that's trying to kill me. Yeah. That this slide of momentum into the depths of despair, I must, the moment I feel the weight and the pressure, mm -hmm. encourage myself in the Lord. I have yeah. to. Yeah. And that's what he did. Think about this. Now, now let's keep reading. Let's keep reading and see uh, what happens here. It, right after, it's also his and also his family. And the people wanted to kill him. <laughs> his own people that he's serving, yeah. that he loves. Yeah. Turn their anger and their bitterness towards him, and they want to stone him. They're talking about it, like we're going to stone David, like David did it. All right, go ahead. What was the end of verse 6? But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David strengthened himself in the Lord. Not in himself, in the Lord. He strengthened himself, not in himself. Yeah but he strengthened himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, you go read through the Psalms. You read through the Psalms, and he's like, man, my enemies are all, are all around me. My enemies, you know, I think this is one of those, maybe this is one of those days he was talking about, you know. Yeah. Even my own people want to kill me, you know. But, Lord, you are true. You are just, and you can see how he strengthened himself, even with his words and in those Psalms. But, Lord, you are true. You will shatter the teeth. You know, he strengthened himself in the Lord. Lord, I can't do it on my own, but you, Lord, you can do it. You're my rock. You're my shield. You're, you're the son of my life. You're my protection. I come under your wings, Lord. In you, in you, Lord, I, I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. You are my shepherd. You know, you're a light to my path, a lamp unto my feet. You know, you are the one that takes me and makes me to lie down in green pasture. He encourages himself in the Lord, right? Amen. All right, so let's keep reading. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, please bring me the ephod. 
So Abiathar brought the ephod to David. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? And he said to him, Pursue, for you will surely overtake them, and you will surely rescue all. So now right here, part of this encouragement too is this. Who stops and says, should I pursue? Well, if it's you, yeah. your family, your, your spouse, your kids, is, is should I pursue a question? <laughs> Could be. It should be, but most people just assume. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've got to go save them. And they take, see, when they assume, they take the weight on themselves and they're not anointed to carry it. You need a word from the Lord. Lord, you show me. Shall I go? See, a lot of people, they don't want to wait on the word of the Lord. They don't want to have, but it's the word of the Lord that's our strength. It's the word of the Lord to Peter come that Peter yeah. stood on in the supernatural. It's the word of the Lord. And so David goes, Lord, shall I pursue? See, this, he learned this, I, be, I believe wholeheartedly, he learned this while he was watching those sheep. While he thought he was just watching sheep, the Lord was preparing him to have a kingdom. He was preparing him to have a kingdom. Shall I pursue? That, that lion has stolen my sheep. Shall I pursue? You know, I can see him doing that. Shall, shall we pursue? The Lord says, yes, you shall pursue. Now watch it. This is the man that's carrying the anointed. He's anointed to be king. He's carrying the anointing. And then he goes on. He takes, he takes the men with him, and he goes, and he pursues. He catches them. He wins back all of his family. He gets back all of the goods, everything. Nothing mm -hmm. is lost. The only thing that appears to be lost are the homes that were on fire. You know, that's the only yeah. thing that was lost. In the end, it's like nothing happened besides the homes and the fear and the encouragement of the, of the Lord. That's what happened. It didn't have to be that way. It could have gone bad. Had David not encouraged himself, had he not pulled himself out of that downward momentum on his own. Now watch, it wasn't the people that encouraged themselves. Now think about this. All the men and all the people that David was leading was blessed because, not because they encouraged themselves, because yeah. David encouraged himself. Yeah. Had they been allowed to do what they were tempted to do, they would have killed the very man carrying the anointing to get their, their families back. The temptation was there to take out the anointed one yeah. and the anointing and to take out their families in the process out of their bitterness. Yeah. And so the devil tries to get us in this downward slope moving by bitterness, moving by these negative feelings so that we will completely wipe out any chance of having a breakthrough. That's what he's after. He wants to take away. He, he doesn't want you to pay attention to the anointing. He doesn't want you to pay attention to a promise of easy and light. He doesn't want you to pay attention to of casting your care. No, he wants you to take all the weight on you because if you can take all the weight on you, you yeah. basically push the anointing out of the way and it's the very anointing that will break the yoke and bring the victory and the devil knows it. So he tries to get us to focus on the wind and the waves so much that we push the anointed one away or we kill it in this situation. Had, and, and watch this. So not only were they going to kill them and kill their families in the process, mm -hmm. if they killed David, they killed their family. Because yeah. he's the one carrying the anointing. Not only were they going to do that and kill their families in the process, but had David not known how to encourage himself, not only would his family have been lost, he would have been killed, his, fam his family would have been lost, and all the families of the people would have been lost. Yeah. Yeah. As it turns out, it went from being a completely tra tragic, tragic situation to being a great victory, all because one person mm -hmm. knew how to encourage themselves in the Lord at the right time. Yeah. When everything felt like there was no need, there was yeah. no point. So what do we do when we're just not feeling it? We encourage ourselves. How do we encourage ourselves in the Lord? How do we do that? Well, let's. we looked at one of the scriptures yesterday. Let's go back there again today in Isaiah 61. Isaiah 
And of course, Isaiah 61 is talking about what we have, what we have in Christ. And let's look at just like verse 1 through 3. And uh, buddy, if you'll read that, I'll stop you as, as need be. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. Okay, so what we know about this scripture is that in Luke chapter 4, Jesus finds this passage in Isaiah and speaks this and says, this is me. Because everybody knew that this was talking about the Messiah, that the Messiah would come and the promise of God would be on him and the people could then receive the promise of God through the anointed one and they could receive the anointing through him. So now we know today that everything that's being spoken here, we have as Christians as an inheritance today. Like this is not something we're waiting on. We have it now, okay? So we know we have this now. And I want you to see this. Jesus was anointed. That means there was a supernatural gifting and strength of God, a supernatural power to manifest the goodness of God to bring good news to the afflicted. So the first thing is to recognize our position. If you're going to encourage yourself in the Lord, the first thing that we need to do is recognize our position in Christ. I am not in a position, like there might be bad stuff happening around me, but I am a spirit located in God. Jesus said this, so as I am, so are you in this world. So Jesus is not sick. Jesus is not in bondage. Jesus is not in poverty. Jesus is not in confusion. Jesus is not in in, uh, having a lack of clarity. Jesus is not in a lack of knowledge. Jesus has everything we would ever want, and as he is, so are we in this world. And one of the first things the devil can do is tell you that you don't have that stuff when you're in Christ. And so the first thing to encourage ourselves is we have to look at and meditate on and remind ourselves of, forget none of his benefits of who we are and where we are, our position in Christ. And the position in Christ is blessed with every spiritual blessing regardless of what I feel like at the moment. Regardless of how I feel, regardless of how I see, you are blessed in every spiritual blessing in Christ. He's already granted to you everything pertaining to life and godliness. And so if I look at what I'm going through in the flesh and I allow that fact to supersede the truth that I'm blessed in the spirit, then that is what's going to come to pass. But if I will say the spiritual position, my spiritual position in Christ is more true then the facts that surround me, then that is what will take place and manifest. So the first place of encouraging ourselves with the Lord is go, you know, let's say you get, remember with Job, what? how did the devil attack Job? A bad report, followed yeah. by a bad report, followed by a bad report, followed by a bad report. Yeah. You may get a doctor's report that says, hey, you're about to die. You're going to die, you know, in a few weeks. That's, that may be a physical fact, but I have a spiritual truth in Christ that I am the healed of the Lord. Yeah. I'm the healed. I'm not waiting to get healed. I'm healed now in Him. I'm blessed. Yeah. I must recognize, to encourage myself in the Lord, I must put the spiritual truth and position of Christ in my yeah. life. I must put that first yeah. and foremost, and it must become a priority yeah. to encourage myself. Okay? Yeah. So we're looking here at this position we have in Christ. All right, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Uh, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Okay, so now you can pretty much take any situation ever that you would find that's negative and in one of those pieces of those verses, you can place yourself, and, and what you'll find is, no matter what I face, God already has granted to me an answer. Yeah. God has already positioned me in the solution. No matter what I'm facing, no matter how I feel, God's already given me a solution in Christ. That's my current position, right? And having a conversation uh, last night, and, and one of the things that we were talking about was this, that 
we are not, you know, when we say, and, and I'll ask this question sometimes to get to this answer is, yeah. are you, you're coming up and you're praying for healing. Are you sick? Right? Are you sick? And they'll say, well, yeah, that's why I'm here for, here for prayer. Okay. But I want you to see something. By you, by you saying that, you're identifying more with the fleshly fallen nature of man than you are the spiritual recreation in Christ. And see, when you know that the real you is that spirit, that's the real me, and I am in Christ, and as he is, so am I in this world, then no, I'm not sick. I'm coming up here not to get healed. I'm coming up here to force the devil to give me what's already mine. I'm coming up in a legal sense handling the business of the kingdom of God, I'm already healed by the word and by the blood of Christ and by his stripes, I was healed. And right now I am applying the healing that I have. So I'm not the sick trying to get well. I'm the healed appropriating, grabbing a hold of my healing and taking it back, right? Yeah. I'm taking what he tried to steal. I'm getting it back legally by the stripes of Jesus, by his love, by his blood, by his name. So I'm appropriating that. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it back. So no matter who you are, when you encourage yourself in the Lord, the first thing that you do is you recognize your position in the spirit. Your position in the spirit is seated with him in heavenly places. As he is, so are you in this world. Yeah. You are blessed, Ephesians 1, 3, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. In 2 Peter 1, 3, it says he has already granted to you everything pertaining to life and godliness. And then verse 4 says he's already made you a partner with his divine nature. Right. This is who you really are yeah. in the spirit. This is our inheritance. Yeah. And back in Ephesians 1, we see that every believer has an inheritance on this level, yeah. the same level that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. This is our position. Yeah. We're not waiting on it. We have it now. And when yeah. we understand that we have it now, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I got it now. Yeah. You're already encouraging yourself simply by meditating and, and letting the reality and revelation of God give you a resolve on those yeah. things. Well, we want for nothing, and he says That's that. right. We, there is nothing that we could ever possibly need that he hasn't already promised us. And he even says, on top of that, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. And so we can look at, like, oh, I may be lacking in this area. And if we say, I am lacking in this area— we're doing what you just said and identifying yes. more with the lack of the world yeah. than where we're actually from. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. That's right. So we're not we're identifying more with the world that we're just in for this period of time as opposed to identifying with heaven. Yes. Where he said, let the will of heaven, like let your will be done on earth as yes. it is in heaven. Yes. And we're we're not we're not from earth. We're from heaven. Yeah. We're supposed yeah. to call heaven to be on earth in our lives and in the lives of others. But we can't help it be in the lives of others if we can't have it in our own lives. That's right. That's right. It's built to overflow. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's he's not withholding anything. No. Yeah. And whatever situation we're facing, God's not withholding the and to recognize, because like all these scriptures that we're sharing, like the key is in Christ. Yes, that's yeah. right. Like that's right. He's granted to us every spiritual blessing in Christ. You yes. Know, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. I yes. can do all things through Christ. And it's it. And it's, it, but it's through him. And like you were talking about that, that yoke and like yes. putting it on him. I, it's, it's in him. It's through him. that So I have to drop it onto him because that's, yes. that's where the yeah. victory comes from. It's, it comes from whatever the situation is. I give it to him and through Christ. I, I'm a conqueror through Christ. I have all that That's I need. That's right. Yeah. Not through me and my trying and logicking it out, but through Christ. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so when we're looking at how to encourage ourselves, the first thing is to meditate on our position yeah. in Christ. You know, put that in the comments yeah. again. Yeah. It, to encourage ourselves in the Lord, step one is meditate on our position in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You look at Joshua, it says, 
meditate on the word day and night. What's he telling you? Meditate on the law. He's saying meditate on the promises of God. Meditate on the character and nature of God. Meditate on what he's done for us. Meditate on what he's doing for us. Meditate on who he is. He's saying meditate. And then when you do that, it says, it makes us a promise. Then you will make your way successful. You will do that when you meditate on that, when you think. And then in Psalms it says, forget none of his benefits. Forget not. Any of his benefits. What is that saying? Remember constantly the goodness of God, the blessing of God. Remember that constantly, okay? Mm -hmm. So then let's continue to read. Let's look now at verse 3. So step one is is meditate on your position in Christ, okay? Verse 3. Verse 3, to grant those uh, who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland, Instead of ashes. So what he's saying right there is where ashes is ugly and dull, right? Yeah. And and gray. He says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is who you are, and this is my promise to you. I'm going to give and remember, I'm going to give this to you when the anointed one is here. Well, now we already have the anointed one. This now is done. To give us a garland instead of ashes. That means I'm going to give you something to make you beautiful where you were dull and gray. Right? In other words, where you had the feeling to be down and out. See, this is already done, but if we don't know that this is our position in Christ, then we'll just call normal what God calls a curse. But he's already done this. So when you don't feel like it, that's when you put this on And you encourage yourself in the Lord, and you encourage yourself by knowing your position, know what God's already mm-hmm. done. But then we do some things with that knowledge, mm-hmm. and, yeah. the, and this is one of them. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, so a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. So in other words, I have to release mourning and yeah. let gladness come in. Another, in yeah. the King James, it says the oil of joy, right? Yeah. So I have to release mourning and accept joy. Now think about that. When, you, when you're in mourning, or you're down, or you're heading down that, that path, do you feel like receiving joy? No. You're like, if somebody comes and tries to tell you a joke, you're like, just shut up. I just want to be here in my mourning. You know, that, we won't say that to them a lot of times, but that's what we feel like. Right? Yep. <laughs> that, like, shut up. Stop making jokes. Not funny. Right? Stop it. You should yeah. take this more seriously. You should take it more seriously. Don't you care? That's all worldly, fleshly yeah. thinking yeah. that that wants weight to remain. Yeah. The it's a deception of a sinful flesh so that we look, it's not just not just that we will flip and cast our care over on God. This deception wants us to grab a hold of weight and pull it to us and keep it. Like, yeah. like, no, this is my weight. I'm keeping it. I care. <laughs> it's such a deception. Yeah. It's designed to keep you. It, look at this, right? Look at it. Just look at this one thing. Mm-hmm. To give us the oil of gladness or the oil of joy instead of mourning, instead of the weightiness, instead of the heaviness. So God's anointing, God's anointing is to get joy into us when all we feel like is mourning. That's his plan. Yeah. That's his anointing. Now now take it back to David. What yeah. was it if the people had actually in their bitterness killed the anointing, they would have lost everything. Right. That's what the devil's after in that moment. He wants you to not accept the anointing, the oil of joy knowing that if you won't accept joy, it'll kill the anointing's effect in your life. So hold on to mourning instead of receive joy. Can you see the deception? And can you see? And this this goes directly against, goes directly against encouraging yourself in the Lord. In order to encourage yourself in the Lord, you have to receive that joy. So I've had times where I've been, you know, I tell the story about that one day where I was like, I am not going to be discouraged. And at the end of the day, I was, I was discouraged. I was like, this is not right. What I, I looking back on that day, especially right now as I'm meditating on it is, I never received joy that day. Yeah. I, I received what I would consider a breakthrough, but I was never in joy that day. 
I never received joy. I had that mourning on me, the potential of mourning on me all day long, and I meditated mm -hmm. on the mourning, but I never received joy. Now, today, if I was going through that same thing, today, if I was going through that same thing, here's what I would do. I'd be like, oh, this is a potential attack. Oh, devil, you're such an idiot. This is not going to work. No weapon formed against us. And I'd start laughing. Mm -hmm. I would take on the character and nature of God he who sits in the heavens laughs. He's yeah. laughing at the attempts of the enemy to yeah. trap me. Yeah. Today, I know I would move to joy. I'd get to the place where I could literally just start laughing about it and literally find real true joy. Why? Because I know in my position in Christ, there's an oil of joy, an oil of yeah. gladness that will remove that mourning from my life. Yeah. All right, and then the very next statement proves how we need to take this approach. So mm -hmm. the next part. The oil of gladness instead of a, or yeah, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. A man, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. The mantle of praise. So in the King James, it says he's given us already a garment of praise mm -hmm. instead of a spirit of heaviness. Yeah. That means when the spirit of heaviness has come on us, this right here shows us he's given us, like I can hand you a jacket, but you don't have to put it on. But now I've got a spirit. Imagine a mantle, a coat of heaviness on me. What it, by saying it in this way, he's showing us I have to, in own purpose, in my own heart and in my own mind, I have to encourage myself and say, this spirit of heaviness does not belong to me. Yeah. I have an anointed one. I have an anointing, and this spirit of heaviness is not my identity. I do not accept this heaviness. I do not accept this dullness. I do. I take off this spirit of heaviness, and I put on praise. Yeah. Yeah. And praise is high energy, high high passion towards God, praising God in this way, right? Yeah. Right. I put it on on yeah. purpose. Now, keep in mind, while I have on the spirit of heaviness, do I feel like putting on praise? Do I feel like taking off the heaviness? No, I feel like killing the leader. Right? Don't, isn't that the way it works? I feel like, you know, and here's what I feel like in that moment. Here's the deception. When your friend calls you and tells you, you can, you can go through this. You got this. Look, girl, you got the joy of the Lord. What do I feel like telling that person when I got the spirit of heaviness on? You just need to shut up. You don't care about me. <laughs> you feel like killing the leader. You feel yeah. like killing the person that's bringing you the anointing. Yeah. Can't you see that same pattern in 1 Samuel? But, but if we actually allow those thoughts to progress, we actually kill the anointing's work in our life, and we already have lost the solution. Yeah. So we've got to change our thinking and actually respect that anointing coming in. Like, David, you let us on this, and you let all of our families get potentially killed and stolen. I want to kill you, but I know you're carrying the anointing. You're carrying the words of the anointed one. Yeah. And if I kill you, if I take you out, I've already lost my solution. I truly have lost everything then. Yeah. At least with the anointing, you have a chance, right? Of course, we know if you have the anointing, you're going to win. But yeah. the issue is they didn't know that that day. But the deception is you, wanna, you want to come against that anointing. When you got that spirit of heaviness, you don't feel like listening to the anointing. You, don't, you definitely don't feel like praising the anointing. But we, when we recognize our position in Christ, step number two is we must shed the heaviness yeah. and put on praise. We yeah. must shed, step two, shed the heaviness and put on praise regardless of how we feel about it regardless yeah. of how we feel about it. Yeah. He says, then they will be called oaks of righteousness, the mm -hmm. planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. In other words, God's going to get glory out of this when we'll follow this path, pattern. Now, look at this. Look at this. And, and th these are not necessarily in particular order, but go to Thessalonians 5. Because I think you do kind of do all of these things all at one time. They all go hand in hand, okay? 1 Thessalonians 5. I believe I'm at the right place. Skip the first 
Yeah. And verse 16. Verse 16. Rejoice mm-hmm. always. Rejoice always. Put on praise. Put on joy. Step three, put on joy. They, they yeah. seem to go together, but you put it on. He's telling us as a command... You have had joy in Christ, believer, Christian. You've had joy in Christ. Rejoice or put on joy again, not just sometimes but always, whether you feel like it or not. This is a command from God by the Holy Ghost. Put on joy at all times. Put on joy at all times. What does that spirit of heaviness want want you to do? I don't want to accept joy. I don't want to accept that. But there's an anointing in joy. There, there's the anointing of joy. Yeah. And when we receive joy, we receive an anointing. Yeah. So step one, meditate on your position in Christ. Step two, take off the garment of heaviness and put on praise. Yeah. Step three, put on joy. Put on joy, right? Step four, take any thought that is not victorious in Christ captive. Take any thought that is not victorious in Christ captive, and and you see that in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Take any thought captive, 4, and step 5 in Philippians 4, let's go there. It goes hand in hand with it. Philippians chapter 4. And I I would add one other thing to it that you can put at the front or the back, and that is trust God. So I would, I would say I would probably put that at number one because you see that in Job, how he gained through. He trusted God even when he didn't know what was going on. Lord, yeah. I trust you. So yeah. step one, I would say trust God. Step two, meditate on your position in Christ. Step three, Take off the garment of heaviness and put on a garment of praise. Yeah. Step four, rejoice always. Move into joy. Put on joy. Put yeah. on joy. Step five, every thought that is not your position in Christ, victorious, anointed, blessed, take it captive and cast it down. All right. Step six in Philippians 4 says this in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. You can see how these things all go together. Mm -hmm. Let your gentle spirit be made known to all men. The Lord is near. The Lord is near as you meditate on who you are in Christ. See, all these steps, they all go together. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. Cast the care, right? That would be step six. Make sure that, and again, these are not necessarily in any order. They're just, you do them all together. Cast the care. Take the thought captive, cast the care. Be anxious for nothing. Go ahead. Doesn't the King James actually say, be careful for nothing? Yes, be careful for nothing. So, that's all. Cast the care. Don't take care, cast the care. Don't, Don't grab on to care. Cast the care. Yeah. You know, yeah. One of the biggest deceptions that the devil has is he is he teaches and he wants people to believe that them holding on to, to concerns and worry is love. Yeah. It's not love. That's anti-love because right. love told us to do the opposite. Yeah. Right. Love, God is love. Love told us to yeah. do the opposite. That is a deception yeah. designed to hold torment and hold people in that downward downward spiral. So then be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And so the, the step there, the step seven is think 
on things worthy of praise. That, that encapsulates all of that verse, all of verse 8. If yeah. it's worthy of praise, think on, I'll say it like this. If what I'm thinking on doesn't make me praise God, I need to stop thinking on it. If it doesn't make me lift my hands and praise God, I need to stop thinking on it. I need to think on things that are worthy of praise. And then I would say the last part of your encouragement in the Lord is, is in Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4, be diligent to enter into rest. In other words, purpose yourself to be at rest. And if I'm not at rest, if I'm not at peace, that's a symptom that I've not fully done these things. Purpose yourself to be at rest. I think that's eight things. So step one, trust in God. No matter what you see or how you feel, trust in God. Step two, meditate on your position in Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Forget none of his benefits. Think on things. Think on those things. Meditate on your position in Christ. Yeah. Step three, uh, take off the garment of heaviness. Put on the garment of praise, right? Mm-hmm. Step four, put on joy, right? Put on joy. Yeah. Step five is uh, take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ. Think on, you know, step five is take the wrong thoughts captive. Step six, cast your cares. Step seven is to think on things worthy of praise. Think on the right things. And step eight is be diligent to enter that rest. Purpose yourself. Purpose yourself to enter rest. That's the best way to do it. Purpose yourself to enter rest. Okay. And as you do this, all of these things, they're all, this is who it should be. We should have these things in us. We should be able to almost recite this list on a regular basis. And there could be another couple of things. But these are some of the major keys of encouraging yourself. And one of the biggest things for me to encourage myself is if I'm feeling it and I'm feeling that weight and I'm feeling that heaviness, I'll go outside. I'll point my, my mouth towards the field out back behind my house, and I'll start praising God loud. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. I, I'm remembering things that he's done for me. Yeah. You know? And that, could be, that actually would be a good thing. You know, forget not any of his benefits. Think about your position in Christ. Part of that position in Christ is what he's already done. Give right. him praise right. for what he's done. It kind of goes hand in hand with think on things only worthy of praise. What he's already done. Lord, thank you. You came through for me in that situation. You saved my house. You saved my car. You saved my family. And you're going to save it today in Jesus' name. You're going to save it today. That's who you are. You made me the head and not the tail. More than a conqueror. You made me an overcomer. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in where I go to work. I'm blessed when I rest. I'm the blessed of the Lord. I'm the saved. I'm the delivered. I'm the healed. I'm the prosperous. By your stripes, I'm healed. You love me and above all things, you wish that I prosper and be in health. You are not withholding any good thing from me and I will walk uprightly. You've granted to me everything pertaining to life and godliness. You're always leading me to triumph in Lord. I can do all things through you. Your grace, you've made it my grace. You made me a partner of your divine nature. You can see See, this is in me, and this is what needs to get in all of us so that when we get squeezed with the garment of heaviness, it's not what the devil wants to come out of you, right? All of a sudden, he's like, whoa, oh, no, he's praising God. Oh, God. I didn't. And I'll make the devil mad that he ever tried to attack you. Yeah. Get put such praise on your lips, you know. Yeah. Put such joy on your I start talking about stuff like I just start getting happy, you know. You'll hear a preacher say, I just preach myself happy, you know. The issue is they, they're preaching yeah. what they have resolve on, what they're fully persuaded on. Yeah. All of a sudden they have no choice but the joy to come out of them. And the devil's like, ah, dang it, that's not what I wanted. Oh, man. Like, yeah. Amen. Yeah. I could go on, but yeah. well, we're already past time. <laughs> it just made me remember the um, the analogy that we had talked about so much of the jelly donut, and whatever it's full of, when you squeeze it, that's what yeah. will come out. Yeah, it's just it's amusing. Yeah, to think of a donut. But can you see 
that you don't sit and wait for these things to happen. Yeah. That's the mistake that the enemy has deceived people in, and they've yeah. mistakenly taken this. Yeah. They think that God's just going to swoop down and remove that garment of heaviness from them and put on, he's just going to blow it out of me, blow praise and joy out of me. And when he does it, I'll know it's him. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. He says, you resist the devil. Submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to his, God's ways, things he's already told us. You submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Yeah. You submit yourself. Resist the devil, and he will flee. It's not God coming down. He's already, he's already done it. He's already done it. You submit yourself to God, and he will flee. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And this is it. And when you feel that heaviness and you feel that pressure and everything, you just start encouraging yourself in the Lord, and oh my goodness, what can happen? Yeah. You'll live oh, in yeah. easy and light. Mm -hmm. You'll live on top. You will truly be the head and not the tail, and it'll be blessed. So I want to pray for everybody right now. Glory to God. Yeah. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for all of your benefits. Thank you, Lord, you sent your word and healed us. Thank you, Lord, that your wisdom is more valuable than silver and gold and anything we can ever desire. Thank, Thank you, Lord, you have pre-programmed heaven and earth to move at our choice of faith. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us the anointed one, Jesus, and the anointing that Jesus carries. You've given it to us. You've granted it to us to utilize and set the devil on the run. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your peace. Thank you, Father, for all of your blessings. We have it now in Jesus' name. We have it now in the name of Jesus. We have it now. Speak it with me. Say, Lord, I have it now in you, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, let it manifest now in every home, in every life. Let encouragement let it manifest now. Let strength manifest now in every person, in every mind, in every home. Father, we thank you for your goodness, and we praise you and we worship you. Just thank them right now. There's something that happens when you start thanking them. And that, that would be, that's what I would add as step number nine. nine. Thank him. If when you're encouraging yourself... Thank him ahead of time. You see it in Philippians. You see it in Romans. Thankfulness. Thank you, Lord. Because, see, when you can truly thank him with your heart, when you can truly thank him with your heart before it's ever happened, something's happened to you. The change yeah. has already been made spiritually, and, it, and it's happening. It's manifesting in the flesh now. Thank you, Lord. Just thank him right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank You've you, turned Father. things. Thank you. thank you, Father. You have turned things. Thank you, Lord. You have turned things. Glory to God. Do you receive it? Thank you, Lord. You've yeah. turned things. Thank things have turned in this yeah. broadcast today. Things have changed today in this broadcast. Things have yeah. turned in Jesus' name. Thank you, yeah. Thank you Lord. Things have turned. Things have turned. Things have turned. Thank you, Father. Lord, we've turned it. We've turned it by your power and by your anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you feel that turn? You yeah. feel that shift? Yeah. Man, I can feel it. Mm -hmm. Father, we just praise you and we worship you. We give you the glory. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to sow today, you are welcome to. Uh, go to giveww.org. You don't have to, uh, but you can give however you want to. Y'all know all the details. If you want to give, give. But Lord, right now, we just bless every gift. Let it be supernaturally pressed down, shaken together, running over, in Jesus' name, we praise you and we worship you. Amen. Glory to God. We love you. See you tomorrow on Lunch Plus. And uh, thank you guys for being here. Amen. Yeah. Did you get something out of it? <laughs> Amen. Did you get something out of it? Hallelujah. Well, here's Marky to wrap everything up. Hey, guys. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for being a part of the broadcast. For every like, for every comment, thank you for helping us 
get this word out, get the gospel out. And if there's anybody specifically that you feel led to share the broadcast to, now's a great time. Send it to them and let them know that it blessed you. And thank you for everything. We will be back tomorrow at 1130 for an awesome day. And if you are looking for our home church and you're in the area, we are here in Albemarle North Care Alina at Boomerang Church. But we love you very much. Make sure to share the broadcast and help us get this gospel out. But thank you for every part that you play. We love you and we'll see you tomorrow for another awesome day. Amen. Bye-bye.